0: Welcome to the FDM Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show.
1: I had my annual checkup and explained the symptoms I had going on, explained that I stopped taking the pill, and her response was certainly not favorable. I've been seeing this woman since I've been 16 years old. And it was like, oh, well, what contraceptive form would you like to be on next? And I did not (laughs) like that answer. I said, wow, okay. I would not like to be on any Mm -hmm. I'm going to allow my body to do its natural thing, but thank you. And I have never gone back to her since.
0: Well, hello there, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. Now, we have a special guest, and I admit I'm a little biased. And the reason it's a special guest and I am biased is because we actually have my girlfriend Fallon Morningstar on. And yes, she is an FDN. She recently graduated in 2021, did the course while doing like a million other things. So it was super cool and impressive to see her go through it. And she's got a great story. We actually, we met on a personal development retreat, but we actually came together and started dating after having like a client practitioner relationship. And so you guys thought thought these were just normal stories here, right? You never expected such a scandalous thing in the world of FDN. It does happen, folks. You can't control it sometimes. <laughs> so a little bit about her, Fow holds a bachelor's degree in business, is completing a graduate degree in environmental engineering, and is a certified FDN practitioner. Her passion for physical fitness started in 2016, which led to getting a personal training certification in 2018. She competed in powerlifting and trained as a bodybuilder while working full-time in a local government office, going to graduate school part-time, training clients, not to mention trying to have a social life outside of that. I will embarrass her really quick here because I think this is funny. So, on this personal development retreat that we were on, she was like in the prime of her bodybuilding stuff and this woman was jacked. And that's not normally my thing, however... However, even though we did not start dating for about mm, a year and a half, I mean, we didn't even talk for a year plus, year and a half after this retreat, and we only said a few words to each other on the whole time there, one of the only things I said about this woman, and this is, if you know me at all, I am not a guy like this. I'm not a stereotypical male in this sense whatsoever. So that's why this comment is even funnier. But I pulled my two friends aside and my buddy Graham, and I said, You know what? I'm not normally into those bodybuilder type of girls, but I'd make an exception for that one any day. True story. True, true story. (laughs) Now, continuing the bio here before I don't have a girlfriend anymore, she was eating her calculated macronutrients every two to four hours. She was listening to the whole sleep less, work harder community. I mean, she was a productive type A woman who was doing everything she thought was right to be successful and happy. So, these questions started coming up in her mind of why did she feel so bloated and fatigued then? Why could she not recover from training like she used to? Why was she losing more body hair than usual? And why did she develop an odd body odor? And she was missing her cycle as well. I mean, at 26 years old. So she made a connection there. like Why was she not menstruating after decades of using the birth control pill? Now, the FDN philosophy is where she was able to heal and get the answers she needed. Turns out she wasn't crazy and her symptoms were not normal. Hmm, I wonder who can relate to that on this show. Just about every single person that comes on, right? How validating is it to hear yet again someone feeling like they're crazy and then learning, wow, wait a second, no, I'm not. This system that I'm in just can't serve me with the issues that I have. So it was at this point that Fowl then decided to become an FDN practitioner herself as she was going through things um, with me while we're like figuring out what's going on with her. Fowl lives in Pennsylvania and works with type A women who have hormonal disruptions and digestive issues and are just not getting the answers they need. It is so cool and so rewarding to see anyone go through an FDN type of program. It is very special when you see people close to you in your life that have done this. My mom's actually done it as well. And just seeing the whole FDN thing spread to people I care about and love, that's an amazing thing. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Hello there, Val. Thanks so much for being here with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I know we've been trying to plan this for a little while.
0: Absolutely, we've been. It's been a long journey, you know. You had a lot of things going on while doing FDN, and we always tell people um, FDN is kind of a heck of a course in and of itself. And when you're adding on job stuff, engineering school, like all these different um, engineering program, I guess. I mean, that's that's quite a bit, right? I mean, the course is a lot tougher than most people would probably expect. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely, would agree with that.
0: <laughs> um yeah, we always say it's like not one of those places where someone's going to come and just buy their certificate. I mean, you got to you got to earn it. And I've done certifications, you know, admittedly where you pay the money and they hold your hand a little bit and just make sure that you get through everything 100%. Now, FDN of course does that with the mentorship, but they will also tell you if you did something wrong, right? Like most of these certification programs, you cannot fail. Like just like showing up and submitting something is automatic passing and I don't really know if that's the best idea for serving people properly. What do you think?
1: I definitely agree with that. I mean, even when I started to dive into personal training, I was like, oh, let's just get a certification. It was pretty much a joke, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, FDN is completely different. They support you the entire way, but it's up to you to get the work done.
0: Absolutely. That's so funny you mentioned the personal trainer thing because as you know, I mean, although I've never renewed this, I did the ACE personal trainer certification years ago. And I must have I mean, listen, I had researched some stuff before that. I'm sure most people that get into personal training had done that. Like, you probably did your own research online before ever picking up a textbook like that, right? Yep. Um, And so I remember doing it, though, and like, okay, sure, had some base knowledge, but certainly I'm not the most uh, educated person in that area. And probably read... I don't know, maybe like 30 pages total of that entire textbook. It's like four or 500 pages. And I still got a passing grade when I did the damn proctored exam. So it just, <laughs> you know, and like that's a certification that you can go out and get hired at a gym and go make, you know, 25, 30 bucks an hour or whatever. So it's kind of a little confusing um, how right. that's possible, but that ain't going to happen at FDN. That's for sure. And that's why we're able to get results that other people don't. And that's what we're going to talk about today. foul um, has got a cool story with Uh, A lot of different experiences. And I always feel so lucky that you got into this earlier than most people, just because you were willing to go away from the beaten path. So let's jump into it. Um, When did your health symptoms start and what did those look like?
1: I would say that they started about... If I recognize them, they started about a year, year and a half ago. They... Kind of slowly continued to expand on each other and, and overlap. And it took me a little bit to actually see what was going on and to, you know, diving into the, all the different windows that we can explore with our bodies. And, you know, I was a person that used to, you know, power lift and bodybuild train six days a week. I was a person that was going to grad school, still am finishing that up you know, working full time, trying to do something on the side with personal training. And that was just a constant go, 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 you know, go to bed late, wake up early, read, etc., and try to have a life. And my body just didn't like that over time. You know, it was starting to collapse really. And that led into a bunch of symptoms going on. So the first, do you want me to go into the symptoms?
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So, I would say that the the first symptom was me recognizing that when my menstrual cycle would come around, it was it wasn't as um, quote normal as what it was when I was sixteen. I started the contraceptive um, birth control pill at sixteen years old, and at twenty six, I was noticing when you know the sugar pill comes around that. I was starting to be a little bit more clotty than usual and that was kind of over the last few years and you know I wasn't sexually active and I was questioning my usage of this pill and you know thinking does this really serve me why am I even taking this and what correlated with the thoughts was listening to a podcast episode actually with Dr. Jolene Brighton and David Asprey, and they were talking about the pill, and that led me to buying her book Beyond the Pill, that led me to stopping using the pill, and then it seemed to exacerbate my symptoms, to be honest. You know, I wasn't able to recover from the gym, you know, three, four days after, I was still feeling kind of achy. Now, granted, I was training my my butt off, so obviously that was a part of it, but I couldn't recover like I was before i started to develop a weird body odor very weird i've never had that (laughs) and um you know my hair as thin as it is now it was falling out more than usual and i was like what is this and i was like there's something going on with my testosterone estrogen i don't know what the heck it is Mm -hmm. but i really want to explore that more and you know just constant fatigue you know, I worked at 8am, I got up probably at 740, you know, at the very latest to um, be able to get there on time. But it w- I was like falling apart.
0: It's a really scary experience, you know, and obviously, I've never been through this specific thing. But the scary experience from a conceptual standpoint is just this idea of, especially at such a young age, like we're watching our bodies just do these things that we know they're not supposed to do. And I think it's even more intense when you're coming off what you were coming off of. I mean, guys, Fallon is a short woman. And what was your max bench, babe? Like 180 pounds or something at one point?
1: Yeah, Completely
0: natural, no drug usage, <laughs> just to be clear here. I mean, this was a pretty jacked woman. And that's a full-time job in and of itself. I think that's something that, um, and I'm sure you can relate to this, people don't understand that these Instagram folks that are like, I mean, again, ridiculously jacked trying to compete. This is a full-time job for many of them. You know, like they might only be working part-time, like they're hoping to make money off of this. So when you're training six days a week, and then you're still having an aspect of school, not full-time, but certainly enough, right? And going to work a full-time job. I mean, it just, it doesn't leave time for much else. I mean, how much free time did you even have in a day, if any?
1: really super rare to have free time. I wasn't able to really enjoy myself, see my my friends. I thankfully had um, parents that were super supportive, like helping out here and there just to get through it, really. <laughs> I mean, it was, yes, I put that on myself. I, I felt like I needed to be doing all these things, needed to be so productive. And as I'm learning and healing and just growing in my consciousness, I'm, I'm seeing that if we do less, we can grow more. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Well said. Can we touch on that part a little bit more? Cause I think that's so, I don't know what it is. It's not universal, but I I actually, I wish I knew the stats on this because I'm sure there aren't really any stats, but (laughs) you know, they, they divide people very, simplistically into two categories. Obviously, most of the listeners know like type A or type B people, right? And type A are those stereotypical go, go, go type of folks. Type Bs are more like laid back and chill. And it does seem that FDN especially, and many people in the functional space are well overrepresented in that type A personality. I know that's certainly true for me. And it makes sense, right? People that are go, go, going in a world that's already stressful of course, that is probably going to lead to a quicker state of chronic disease right? than someone that is more chilled out and doesn't really have that mental stress. So I think you'd be speaking to so many people here and maybe the answer is not 100% there. I'm not sure, but I know you and I have talked like a million times trying to figure this out. For you personally, where do you think this go, go, go mentality was coming from? Was this like a societal push? Were you trying to prove something to yourself? Like, What was the main motivating factor? Do you know?
1: I feel like that's still unfolding from what i but from what i can grasp so far it was going with the societal norm or thinking that these achievements say for example getting a certification is like yes like this is something that i have under my belt now this is great so it's kind of like just reaching for the next thing for the next gotcha. thing and not enjoying where you're at or i also think it's um a need to not be or a need to look outside of yourself rather than just sit with yourself and really look inside to see you know what is Fallon saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I feel like um you and I have both used that in our own ways. I mean, I still have to explore that myself, but you can be a motivated person. Obviously people like you and I, like we are just highly motivated in general and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But it is those insane days, sometimes doing things that we don't even want to be doing. Like it's one thing to do a 12, 14 hour day where you love everything, but we've both been there of doing those types of days where it's like, I actually didn't like most of this day. And we kind of have to ask like, why is that happening? And I think as deep as that question can go, you know, what you just hit on is almost this idea, and I know I've done this, is like hiding from other things, right? Because we can distract ourselves with the work and with the achievements, and it prevents us, or sorry, it doesn't allow us to actually sit and have to dig into some of that deeper stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Yeah. It was kind of just like, go, go, go. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be happy. But I'm like, no. That's not the correct thing. You know, you need to look inside yourself. Why do you feel like you're not enough or you're unworthy or you're just like look at yourself? Are you respecting yourself? Are you filling yourself up first rather than everyone else's cup? You know, what is your body and your mind and your soul actually telling you that you need? Mm -hmm. And it's a super hard thing to look at. You know, it's not comfortable. But as we talked about recently, you know, being in that uncomfortable position is going to grow you indefinitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we kind of move along here, I'm curious just so people can kind of hear different perspectives. Were you dealing with any like regular symptoms prior to this going on? Like, were you a kid that maybe got a bunch of headaches and just took Advil all the time? Like, was there any real symptoms or did you kind of feel pretty good most of your life until this started occurring?
1: I haven't been able to correlate any sort of you know, usage of leaves or Tylenol or anything like that. I can correlate with a lot of Tums. Like I used (laughs) to carry those in my purse a lot because my stomach would be upset. And I never really had great bowel movements, to be honest. So that certainly was from the diet for sure. You know, lots of um, Pop-Tarts, lots of sweets going on for sure.
0: Well, and it's important to mention, right? Because usually, not always, but usually this stuff doesn't just happen out of nowhere. But what you just listed, how many people out there, especially let's take away from the functional community, how many people could you go to just, you know, the lay person and say that you had those types of things and everyone would just think that's normal, right? They'd never think twice about what you just said.
1: Absolutely. They carry them in their purse all the time. And it's like, well, no, that's not supposed to be happening. You need to discover why that is happening. Just the other day when, when we were texting, I, literally I had a headache and you're like, what could that be from? And I was like, well, it's either this, this, or this. And so I eliminated those things. Like, for example, I had a uh, peanut butter and <laughs> I haven't had a, a headache since then. It was only a couple of days ago, but still like trying to go back and correlate, okay, what did I eat or what occurred? You know what I mean? And, and trying to not have that happen again, because obviously having headaches are not fun.
0: Right. In this world that we live in right now, it's so about the solution as opposed to looking back at the problem and seeing what caused it. Most people get a headache. Let's reach immediately for the ibuprofen or Aleve. And guess what? obviously you and I aren't perfect. We're going to get those sometimes. It happens. I get them myself every now and then. Certainly nothing like when I was a kid, but at least we sit there and ask the question, what just occurred that led to this so that this doesn't happen again? You know, it's okay to find a solution, but we got to figure out why the problem happened to begin with.
1: Exactly. And even, you know, we're looking at certain like aspects of the environment. Say, if you have a trigger with another, um, like a a partner or a family member and you, you know, go watch TV and shut it off or you go do something else and shut it off. What you should do is really examine, okay, why was I triggered? What's, what is my body trying to tell me? And just to dive into that deeper. So it also works with, you know, the emotional body as well.
0: Right. And, uh, you know, going back to what we were talking about before with the go, 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 if you are that type of person and you're listening, well, you never have time to do that, right? (laughs) All all you can look for is the solution right away. I can't Mm -hmm. have a headache right now. I got work. Like, so never even take the time to ask about the problem. So, okay, really cool. One other thing I'd like to touch on is in your opinion, I mean, how much of the work ethic and just the go, go, go versus the birth control versus like diet, like how much of these things do you think played a role in getting to your health being where it was at? Like, I know it's hard to like quantify all those things, but do do you think there was like one major contributing factor or like was the birth control and the work ethic just too much? Like where were the main things coming from that you believe led you to this poor state of health?
1: That's a tough question. I, it's sure, it's surely like a lot of things But if I'm trying to look at myself a couple years ago, it was a lot of the mental game, I would say, you know, not just being, not ever being satisfied that I'm doing good enough. And so I would continue to push myself and to push myself. And, um, you know, besides enjoying physical fitness and and training like that, you know, I absolutely enjoy that. I love the rush of it. I love, um, you know, being able to build myself in that respect. When I was doing that, you know, what was I actually doing it for? And that was a hard thing to look at. You know, I had a very um, bad breakup and that hit me emotionally. And so I believe at this point anyway, is that Diving into personal training and hit it, hitting it hard, just like that, for a long time, I think was me not wanting to look at myself because I didn't think I was worthy enough or enough mm. for this person to have done that to me. So I think a lot of it was from a mental state. So then that impacted the sleep, that impacted my eating patterns, and you know, usually what we consider. Healthy dieting probably isn't healthy dieting <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> or a healthy lifestyle. You know, I was uh, the typical bodybuilding um, eating. Or I used to eat as a bodybuilder, so every three or so hours, you know, there was a protein source in there, a carb, and a vegetable. Not very many healthy fats, and that's how I would be. This, I was like, this is right. This is how we're supposed to do it. This is what I'm being sure. taught, and it's unfortunate that a lot of misinformation is out there, even with the fasting. You know, I was like, that's not right. We shouldn't be doing that. We're going to starve ourselves. And now I'm like, okay, that, that thought wasn't right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah, there's just a lot of information out there.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's so tough because there is a lot of information. And I think what we need to do in today's world is focus on like who has the results and <laughs> we got to follow them. I mean, there's. If you're really sick, there's not enough time for most people to be like playing these guessing games of, well, this seems kind of true and this seems like it's working over here. I mean, we got to just follow the people who have results and and that seems to work for us as FDNs, right? Now, of course, what we do is backed up by science, but I got to the point where I'm like, "You know what? Enough of the crap. Enough of the different diets. Who has gotten better from very serious illness?" I'm gonna go do what they're doing right and it makes sense that that's a logical thing to do. I also love what you brought up and just the transparency with you know why are we why am I doing this like what what is the reason for it? I think so often social media is a big aspect of things like I always wonder and I try to ask myself this all the time as you know would I be doing what I'm doing if social media was not a thing if I couldn't go post this, would I still go do what I'm about to engage in? that's a tough question to answer. And Mm -hmm. I think if all of us were answering that all the time, um, our lives might look a lot different, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm thinking about how I used to post, you know, it was such a stressful thing because I was trying to interact and this is the way I was being taught to do things. And there was a, just a push from society and from a woman's perspective it's like you need to wear less clothes you need to be flexing all the time and that's how you're going to get the interaction that's how you're going to get the likes and the connections and it's just so far from the truth to be honest to have a real connection with people and to actually help them and not as you said it before have a highlight reel of your life but mm-hmm. to actually be real yes yeah. is, is tough
0: you're pretty cool i would totally date you if you were single um
1: <laughs> do you say that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what I think, too, what's cool about you is like, obviously, knowing you very well, you do have a legitimate desire and love for the weightlifting aspect. That's true. and tr- Like, if social media was gone, Fallon would still do that as healthily. Um, that's the wrong word. In a healthy way. You know, as healthy as you could be while doing that, you would go do that. I always wonder, though, how many people, if you just... To be specific, because I already brought up the social media thing. But if we did take away social media, Fal, how many of these people do you think would just like never pick up a weight again? Because it's oh all gosh. about, yeah. you know, like it's all about posting the pictures. It's all about the vanity. They don't even like it. They don't want to be eating this. They don't want to do the discipline. It's just to post. Um, and of course, again, there are people out there that just love it. Like I can hear the, vo- um, we do a lot of audio messages back and forth, Fal and I. And when she leaves the gym, like you could just hear an elated sense in her voice like that's genuine right you don't need social media for that but there's some people where i'm like you would probably have never picked up a weight <laughs> if it wasn't for posting on instagram and I, you know what maybe that's a good thing sometimes if it gets them physically active that i mean i'm not saying this is inherently bad but wow if you're eating in what is actually really not a great way as you know because just because you're a quote-unquote bodybuilder doesn't mean that you're eating healthy. I always thought that's what it meant. Um, It means that you're eating a certain way to get a certain look. That does not necessarily revolve around health. Or how many of these teenage guys especially, I well, I got to be very careful. I'm not even going to try to hint at names. (laughs) I will just say I knew plenty of people that at 18, 19, 20 years old, they're taking pro-hormones just so that they can look jacked on Instagram. Like, wow, that's... Um, a little insane, right?
1: <laughs> right. And, you know, even people in their, uh, men in their 30s, 40s, you know, taking it to look good at the bar. Like, yes. guys, <laughs> come on. Um, it's upsetting. It, it, yeah.
0: So moving forward with this story, obviously you were someone who had the courage to kind of go away from this beaten path a lot quicker than most people. Many of the people that come on, not all, but many of the people that come on this podcast, we're doing this for decades before they really opened their eyes to the natural side of things. And I don't even know if you and I have, have talked about this before. I mean, Dr. Jolene Brighton, like, how did you, you said on Dave Asprey's thing, but still, that's a kind of, that's a niche, you know, that's a health-focused niche. So how did you even find out about these people or get into any of the natural side of things? Because um, as far as I know, I mean, unless there's someone I haven't met, I mean, it's not like you had a major friend or family influence for this. This was kind of all on you.
1: Right. Yeah, I've always had um, an eye to continue to, to learn more things, you know, diving into the bodybuilding style of training really helped mold me to keep going in that direction. So with the Dr. Jolene Brighton, I was like, oh, wow, yeah, I've been on the pill for quite some time. And this is going on like this symptom is going on, I should probably look into that. So then I did. And then there was a, a woman at my gym who started to see a uh, like a natural chiropractor, I believe you call okay. it he um, muscle tested, he used um, chiropractic techniques that were not really using his hands, but using tools as a more um, not so um, uh, abrupt adjustment. It was more lax, if that makes sense. And so the muscle testing integrated the nutrition aspect of it. So it's if you've never heard of muscle testing, it's like you are basically connecting with your body and asking it what it needs. And it will respond in that way. And so I went to, I knew something was happening. I mean, I didn't know what it was with the fatigue, you know, the bloating all the time. I didn't have good digestion, like I said. And so I went and explored that option. And, you know, it it wasn't as great as what I thought it would be. You know, it it didn't heal me. You know, it was Mm -hmm. a good um, interaction, awesome exchange. Like I got to meet a, a wonderful woman who I'm still in contact with today. And so that was meant for a reason, a hundred percent, but that wasn't enough. And so, you know, going on to the next thing, I reached out to my gynecologist. I had my annual checkup and explained the symptoms I had going on, explained that I stopped taking the pill and her response was certainly not favorable. I've been seeing this woman since I've been 16 years old and it was like, oh, well, what contraceptive form would you like to be on next? And I did not <laughs> like that answer. I said, wow, okay, I would not like, to like I would not like to be on any, I'm going to allow my body to do its natural thing, but thank you. And I have never gone back to her since. <laughs> and I went to my family doctor, didn't help me. You know, he was just like, well, we can run a, a basic blood panel. Everything came back normal everything was in range. And I'm like, there's something going on with my hormones. Can we check on those? And he um, basically explained that, well, that's going to be pretty hefty price. You know, I could maybe get a test for the testosterone and one for the estrogen. And it was just not helpful at all. You know, um, I guess none of his clients are really asking these questions or inquiring about these. I don't know. Or it just didn't seem like he knew. So I was like, okay, on to the next thing and you come along and um that's pretty much how we got into FDN really
0: awesome and yeah i mean of course you know for the sake of the podcast i want people to understand the journey now obviously i know a lot of the answers to these questions but it is important for people to hear so Um, I don't want to explain it. I mean, what were some of the things that we kind of did first? Because we didn't like go full out FDN necessarily. We were kind of testing the waters, but um, I believe it. Well, it was our mutual friend that kind of was working with me that encouraged you to say, hey, maybe I should do that too, right?
1: Yes. She was Amanda. God love her. (laughs) She (laughs) was on um, explaining that she was going through some testing and I do have um, just a passion for like having data as well. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. Please keep me posted on like your results. I would love to know, you know, more about them. And then she um, explained that you were helping her. And obviously we met at a previous retreat before. So I reached out. I had no idea what the heck was going on or how much help that I needed. But I explained you know, what I thought was going on. And the first step we did was a food sensitivity test.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It's uh, the last person I would ever want to do this with is like my girlfriend and the fact that, well, my now girlfriend and the fact that I probably didn't give you the full service that you should have done because in FDN Thrive, like we don't negotiate. It's you're using all the labs of the FDN system. And I was still kind of at a place where, you know, that's I've never taking clients full time. I have many other things that I do outside of this that I, I enjoy doing. And in fact, I mean, I don't even really take clients at all anymore on other than under very specific circumstances with like, maybe like the perfectly right person or a family friend type of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I should have pushed for more stuff. Now, to be fair, I think one of the issues that we also had is, as we're going through this testing together, it was like almost as if since this was so new to you, it's not like you had been dealing with it for decades. You're kind of uncovering a lot of the health symptoms too. So I remember when we're first talking, I thought like, oh, okay, you know, she feels overall pretty good and just has some minor stuff going on. And I think that's when we were really starting to uncover like, okay, wow, there's some like definite, you know, things going on here. And I remember one of the biggest things that kind of worried me at the time or made me focus in was, you were really fatigued back then. I mean, I know it's not perfect now, but do you remember like how tired you used to get just with things? I mean, I feel like you went from being able to do everything and then like basic stuff became pretty exhausting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we ended up doing the exact things that you would do with the FDN system. We just did it kind of one at a time. And I mean, it's a, a good lesson. Again, not one that I'd ever want to you know teach through. you know, not serving my now girlfriend properly, but yeah, you run all the labs and you do it all at once. You don't just do one after the other, after the other, it does, it causes more issues than, um, it fixes normally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does. And, you know, the food sensitivity test is just one little tiny window to see what's going on. We'd like to see much more windows open so we can properly help someone, you know? (laughs)
0: Yeah. And then we, you know, we did the GI map and then we did the access medical labs, uh, hormone test. And I think it was in that order, correct? Do you remember?
1: I, I believe it was the hormone and then the stool.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I actually, yeah, I remember the exact conversation. We were talking about the stool thing. I was like, all right, this is awesome. Like, I'm so glad she wants to do this, you know? And, <laughs> and, and there was healing opportunities. Like we always talk about on this show on every single one of these tests. I mean, one of the major things I recall on the food sensitivity thing was just like having a gluten sensitivity. I mean, who knows if you developed that from the birth control pill and just, I mean, I don't mean like so directly, I just mean from that stress that caused a gluten sensitivity, or maybe you had this your whole life. And this was just one of many triggers. I, I'm not sure, but there was some major healing opportunities on all these labs, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like looking at the usage of the the birth control pill, that certainly didn't help my odds. You know, (laughs) I have synthetic estrogen coming in at me for 10 constant years, obviously, there's going to be a little bit of imbalance going on. And then, you know, with the different artificial sugars, and the pretty consistent eating, you know, my body was just not able to keep up with itself or to keep up with that lifestyle and something needed to shift or else I was probably going to develop an autoimmune condition. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah. And for those that know me personally, I'm so passionate about autoimmune in particular. I mean, obviously, I love all of this stuff and talking about it, rather. I don't love it. <laughs> but I, I really enjoy studying autoimmunity and it's something that's plagued my family. And that's that was one of the things that, as Fal and I started to talk more and more and go more and more in depth, I'm like, holy cow, like this is so cool that this person thought to do this this early because i I really, I mean, I think you agree. Like I don't think you were that far away from getting a diagnosis like that. And who knows what it would have been, but I don't think we were many months away from that.
1: Yeah, and I don't yeah, there was certainly a divine plan that something was helping me along here be, before I got to that point, that's for sure. So I'm super blessed to have been able to go through the program and and really just gotten my health back together. Certainly it's not perfect yet. We're still working on some healing opportunities, but you know, I couldn't be happier with how the the story is playing out.
0: Right, right. And you know what? It does take time to get these things done. But what is cool is the easy wins that happen in the beginning, because I'd love, I think this is so amazing every time we talk about this, the first time that your, I mean, cycle kind of came back. So can you explain for people like how long you had been without a cycle and then when it finally occurred again, like what we were doing that might have triggered that?
1: Yes, I'm glad that you brought that up. And it's so exciting to to talk about. It just makes me smile. I don't know if you can feel that through the microphone.
0: But... I was actually just thinking I could. That's pretty cool. <laughs>
1: um, so I had stopped the pill. I got a, a period for the next two months that were regular. And then it just disappeared on me. I'm like, okay, this probably isn't happening. So that's when I had reached out to, you know, the gynecologist and the doctor and, and no luck. And, you know, I really pulled back on my training as well. You know, I was probably still going in there maybe two days a week um, because it was like, oh, I have to keep working out. I don't want to lose this muscle. So anyway, that was a side note. So lost the period for about four months and maybe it was even six. I'm not 100% certain, but we had gone on a trip to North Carolina. That was our first trip, correct?
0: Sorry, I was on mute, but yes, it was.
1: Okay. And right after I got back from the trip, I had gotten my period and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. Like what was going on that my body was just like, okay, now here we are. (laughs) And so, you know, I'm attributing it to being outside in nature because we did travel to Asheville, North Carolina. We were hiking. We were outside all the time. We were laughing. It was phenomenal. And that was a completely different state from my normal lifestyle. And then it still was not regular. It was probably every, I don't know, 30, 40 days or so. I would say upper upwards of the the 40 days. And then we went on another trip to Florida and it was during the trip. I got my period again and I said, wow, this is awesome. (laughs) Like something is, is happening here where my menstrual cycle is just more regular when either i'm with you or you know also outside enjoying myself in the sun and so the whole point of me explaining this is is the the mental state around having a period but also being outside and being in the sun because it helps our hpa axis just produce those hormones and obviously having a cycle there's hormone production going on and i don't know if you want to dive into a little bit about how important the the sun is for our health but it's really just absolutely fascinating to be making to have made that correlation with being out in nature and and having a a normal cycle so now it is completely regular nice
0: nice and that's i mean listen, guys, this stuff takes time, but it's completely regular. And it's been regular for a little bit now. And this is less than a year, technically, that this started. I mean, in terms of the first trip, at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just, you know, some people could be longer, some people could be shorter. But again, I was on the pill for 10 years. And for my period to be regular now is just phenomenal.
0: Right. And I think it's worth mentioning. I do want to touch on the light stuff, but I think this is important for people to hear. One of your major sources of stress that cannot be underplayed was the, the job that you were at at that time. And it wasn't like that was just something you could just toss away, even though you had a plan to like, hey, I'm going to get out of this eventually. That was a really big stressor for you. So it's also important for everyone listening to uh, to know this fouls doing all the other things but yeah when you have 40 50 maybe even 60 hours a week of something that just totally stresses you out that's not really going to be supportive to a health
1: program exactly yeah i was inside all the time Mm -hmm. and that was a large contributor too
0: it's obviously unfortunately not something we have like time to probably do justice today with the late stuff. And maybe when you come on again and we do a video, that's when we could kind of dive more into that. I think that'd be really cool because, you know, we don't talk about that enough enough on this podcast and it's an essential part of getting these hormones regulated. So I, I love that you made that joke because as much as I'd love to believe that I can directly mm-hmm. um, impact my girlfriend's cycle. Unfortunately, I'm not that cool. It's an indirect relationship for sure. (laughs) And the thing, what I mean is indirect with the July trip specifically, which was again, one year ago, um, you had, I think I remember you saying this because it was on your birthday. I think that was the first time you had caught sunrise. Correct. I mean, not, I'm not saying ever in your life. I'm just saying in terms of for healing, that was the first time, right? It was right on your birthday.
1: Yes. I I actually was going through some old photos and I I have a a picture of that day.
0: Yeah. I remember you had texted Amanda and I in a group chat and like you had teared up. like It was a beautiful experience. It was wonderful and you really had a good time. Um, And five days later, we're going on this trip. So what we're really getting at here is like, no, it's not just spending time together that's leading to the cycle. It's that when you spend time with Ev, I'm always doing the light thing. Like, if you're in the car with me, the windows are cracked. If we're together, we're catching sunrise. Fal was already doing the hard part of waking up early. It's just that you were usually exposed to artificial light, right? When you did that. So, when we're together in North Carolina, the windows are constantly cracked. We're driving around the mountains every morning, we're catching sunrise. And then one of the days was just hiking all day, which is a strenuous thing. So, that just shows how important the light is. You were as much as as fun as it was, that was a hard hike. It's not like you were an avid hiker at the time, despite being in shape. I mean, that was that was no joke. We did a the highest point east of the Mississippi. We did Mount Mitchell. It's like an eleven point three mile hike. I think thirty five hundred feet of elevation gain. I mean, it's not a not an easy hike by any means. It's pretty steady and brutal all day. And so to still experience that after that's amazing. And then you were really getting disciplined with the sunrise thing after that. But of course, what happens in September, October, November, it's harder to catch the sunrise if you got to get to work early. Right. And so just so people understand the second trip, the reason why this was so significant, it's because I had already had a Airbnb booked for the month before Fal and I were talking and dating and it was in Florida for the month of November. So she came down and what are we doing? every single morning, once again, getting out in the sun, spending a ton of time out in the sun in the middle of the day. And lo and behold, that's the second time that the cycle really like came back in a regular sense. So there's something to this. Even if you never looked at any of the science, there is undeniably something to this.
1: Yeah. So moral of that short segment, which I'm super excited to do another segment at some point Mm -hmm. is get out at sunrise, everyone. Please do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And do you think, that was maybe more important than just getting out in the sun in the middle of the day? Like, do you think that is probably more impactful for people if they're trying to regulate their hormones?
1: I do. Yeah. It definitely plays a part in it. As we discussed, you know, um, the, the lake spectrum different er, changes throughout the day. So the sunrise is going to be the most beneficial time to help that HPA axis, not be so chaotic, but certainly during the day, if you can get out, any time that you can get out is, is really great.
0: And it's always worth mentioning for people, because again, I don't think we've touched on this much on this podcast yet. When you were going out, this is not with glasses, correct? Like you were doing all the other stuff that you're supposed to be doing?
1: Right. Yes. Naked eyes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. And, I mean, ideally, as much skin exposed as is possible slash appropriate. <laughs> um, it does help. But the the naked eyes are the biggest ones, guys. So that means no contacts, no glasses. And certainly, I, I hope this is obvious, no sunglasses. We are trying to get the sun, not hide it from ourselves. <laughs> um, that's right. not going to be helpful. So. How much better percentage wise would you say you are today? Because, like you said, you still have some stuff to go through. We all do. I mean, everyone that gets on this podcast for the most part is in that same boat. But it, it's cool to hear like, what percentage would you say you are better than, let's say, March of 2020? And just for those uh, that are listening, it is July of 2021 that we're recording this.
1: Wow. I would say 80, 85%. Mm-hmm. Maybe probably even 85. Yeah. I definitely feel uh, I definitely feel a lot better and I'm just super excited to continue on with this. It's exciting to learn more about yourself and to heal and you know after you do make those steps and you start to feel better it's kind of like wow, I was back there. <laughs> As in like you it's kind of like you can't imagine that I was feeling like that and I wasn't like too concerned or what's the saying where You know, if you remove gluten for a period of time and then you accidentally have it, it's like, wow, like that hit me hard. You know, you don't realize how bad you feel until you feel better, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And people are walking around every single day, whether it's chronic health issues or not, we just do not understand at all what it means to be truly healthy as human beings. And I remember, you know, my buddy, Jake, of course, he said this like five, six years ago when he was still in college, because he started, he wasn't really getting into quote unquote, like holistic health stuff, but he was lifting, he was doing some intermittent fasting, cleaning up the diet a bit. And he's coming off a college bro diet. You know, it was not the freshman 15 for him. It was more like the freshman 30. It was, it was pretty significant stuff that that guy had going on. And he just said at one point, because I I didn't go to college, certainly not in a traditional sense. He was like, these people that I'm rooming with, he's like, they just don't even realize how bad they feel. Like they have no idea what it's like to feel good.
1: Yeah. And it is, it is unfortunate. And I do think our bodies just become more sensitive to that as well. You know, when we're talking about, we don't understand how people can be living this way still. And it's like. You know, if we tried to live like that, we would not, that would not be a good time. <laughs>
0: no, no. Once that switch is flipped into the flip of like, I'll call it chronic disease, and it's flipped, you got to be careful. Um, you're going to have to monitor for the rest of your life. It doesn't mean you can't heal. It doesn't mean you can't cheat every now and then, but you have to make up for lost time with some pretty serious strictness and you got to be regimen. And like, thankfully for you, you are the most regimented person ever. So that was. One of the easier things for you with FDN. I mean, if someone says to do something, you're just going to do it. Um, it's pretty straightforward with you. So that's nice, but that's what people need that they have to have that mindset, even if that's not who they are normally. We're not just being strict for the sake of being strict, we're trying to make up for lost time and years of intentional or unintentional mistakes on the body unintentional sometimes is just taking birth control for 10 years and not knowing any better. Everyone's telling you that this is fine. Intentional is like for those of us going out and getting bombed in college or at the bar every weekend. Let's be honest. You guys knew that wasn't the best idea. <laughs> so <laughs> we we were kind of damaging the body there. Now, of course you're a recent grad of the FDN course, getting the biz side started because this is something that you're going to be pursuing full time. But together through the pandemic, you know, we've kind of utilized each other and some people have even chosen to work with you without the certification fully, which is totally fine because you were able to give them just advice and maybe not utilize the testing as much, but just be able to guide them and help them. So is there like maybe some friend stories or quote unquote client stories that you would like to share? Maybe just one that's been like really significant and you're like, wow, this system really works.
1: Yeah, I can I can think of one who is just a, an amazing person and and friend who is going through you know some some healing opportunities and we are extremely similar. So it was just I don't know, it was humbling and so cool to to see her transition and to continue to transition because she is also the person where you know, if we're talking about something, she implements it, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, sounds good. I'm going to get this done now. And like (laughs) reports back, you know, it's not like I need to, to check in. It's just like, okay, like I know this is a thing and I know I need to get better because I don't want to be here anymore. I want to like, I want to be over there basically. So my, my friend was basically asking for some advice. And so she implemented a different sort of diet to see if that was helpful and you know after going through the the actual program she um you know did some of the testing did the the hormone test and the GI map the the stool test and have found to basically improved her system a lot now she's still at the very beginning still a lot of healing opportunities going on but It was just, it is really cool to have someone that's in a type A personality category and to see her blossom and grow, not just from a physical perspective, but also just growing in her consciousness and her mental state Mm -hmm. and looking at her life in just a different lens, a different perspective. It's really cool to see.
0: I love that you mentioned that last part there because I think this is something that, I mean, maybe you're listening right now and you haven't gone through this yourself, but all of us have to go through this. I mean, do you think it's even possible to go through this type of healing without also developing as a person? I feel like it just goes hand in hand.
1: It definitely goes hand in hand. And that's why it's so awesome. (laughs) Like it's so great to go through this. Like day after day, it might seem super hard sometimes. But looking at yourself year after year, it's just so fascinating how much you can progress, not only with your health, but just as an individual. And, you know, I've always continued to say this as you raise your own vibration, as in as you get healthier in mind, body, spirit, you know, physical aspects, everything as you get healthier. You raise your vibration and you give the space for someone else to raise their vibration. And so if we can do that one by one, you know, it's just going to help everyone to be honest.
0: Right. It's, I mean, we, okay, listen, I mean, FDN stuff can get a little complicated, especially if we're doing some like bacterial protocols or whatever, but in reality, you could give someone the protocol. You could give them that in 10 minutes Hey, here's the lab results. This is what you should do. Go do that for 90 days. Good luck. Why does that never work? (laughs) It's because we have to develop and grow as people to figure this out. And I think the coolest thing, and it's something that I know that you've experienced as well, and it's just worth mentioning really quickly because we haven't really talked about it on the podcast yet. When you get healthier, it's as if these other areas of your life start opening up as well. And there's clarity in these other things like, what should I be going and doing? Who should I be spending time with? What should I be humoring and not humoring? You know what I mean? It's like, all of a sudden, this fog and this veil is lifted and these things become clear as to what we should be doing. It's the most incredible experience. And I still don't fully understand it, but I've seen it so many times that I know it's correlated.
1: Absolutely. Like the mind is is so powerful. When you start to get healthier, you start to think clearer, you start to have those better thoughts. And when you have those better thoughts and you start to feel the feels and things will just come into place super slowly, you know, it's hard to be patient, especially in today, but they do come together quite beautifully. Mm -hmm. And just remember to Try to enjoy each stage of your life, no matter how difficult it is, because you are going through this for a reason, and it's up to you to search for those different things to improve yourself. You know, we're going to have, you know, I know that you've had some clients that have reached out for help, and they were very receptive to going through the protocol, but not receptive to actually implementing that as a new lifestyle, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for the quick fix. And it's never, ever a quick fix. This is going to be for life. You know, you need to continue to improve as we age, you know, as our wisdom grows, as different um, environmental changes happen, we have to evolve and continue to do that.
0: And the good news is once you go in, I mean, you can't go back. It is a permanent shift in who you are and it's a wonderful shift. I love how you and I thought that potentially we wouldn't hit the time because, oh, well, we know each other so well, obviously. So, (laughs) oh no, we'll just end up talking too quick. And then here we are at 48 minutes, no problem at all. (laughs) Well, Val, I got two more quick things for you. One is where can people find you? Because yes, you are a newer grad, but you've been diving into this for a while. You've been in the health space even longer than much longer than you've just been doing FDN. So you're already out there trying to serve people and helping others out. So where is the best place for them to find you at the time of recording this?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Fallon Hunter Morningstar. Fallon is F-A-L-Y-N.
0: And I also, I mean, I know that we didn't talk about this before, but I guess it's worth mentioning. I'm going to guess, let me just type in real quick here just to be safe. Okay. So probably, is it? do you think it's a safe bet to assume that when your website's up pretty soon, it's going to be like FallonMorningStar.com or something similar? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that or or Power Foul.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. So just so you guys know, I'll update the show notes if and when that happens. Well, sorry, when it happens. I mean, we're really just a couple weeks away from having that set up. Um, But then, of course, you could reach out to Foul via website as well if Instagram is not your thing. And then, Foul, you already know what my final question is because you listen to the podcast. We appreciate that. And my final question for today is if Fallon Morningstar had a magic wand and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health or stop doing one thing. What is that one thing you would get them to do?
1: You know, I've heard this question so many times, and it's super hard to narrow it down to one. But to be honest, I would say everyone should be meditating.
0: Hey, well, it is indeed a hard question to answer and nail down, especially as an FDN, we're always thinking about all these different aspects of the body. But I love this answer here. And what's so cool is foul someone who just does the things you don't want to do. You know how people like have trouble starting new habits and all those things? Really, not an issue. You tell her to do it, she's gonna do it, she gets it done, it's in the schedule. Pretty much all you need is time after that. And so I've been meditating on and off for years showed her about the guided meditations and stuff. And of course, she just completely does it better than anyone. So she's been meditating for so long and just has had these profound experiences at times where, I mean, it's a little much for this type of podcast, but it's so cool to see what can happen over time with consistency. Now, from just a practical side of things with that, there are huge benefits of relaxation with meditation. And Fowl has this cool thing where if something is like kind of going on that's stressful I will see her or hear her like on the phone she'll just text me or we do a lot of audio messages so she'll tell me she's doing this she's like hey I'm doing a quick meditation and that's what she does is like her reset and it's like a muscle guys you can train yourself to get into that state and so she can go from this hey you know, a lot of stuff's bothering me to bam, turn it off 15-20 minutes. I mean, what a useful skill. So meditation has many, many applications, but I think this practical one is a great enough reason to get started if you're not already. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a health coach ev if you would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review we would love you even more than we already do i am looking forward to talking to you guys again soon but until then take care my friends thanks for tuning in to the fdn thrive podcast if you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues our team can help Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to FDNThrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to
1: stop playing guessing games with your health. That's FDNThrive.com.